This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 606, cold outside this morning, 27 degrees in downtown Boise as we get underway for a Thursday morning. A lot going on uh, right there. Beginning of the show, for those of you who complain, you never give anything away in the 6 o'clock hour. We never have a chance to win. Well, you have a chance to get your Boise State tickets for the upcoming game against New Mexico this coming Saturday night. Your first chance. We have two chances for you coming up today. This is your first chance right now. You have until 7 o'clock to text us. Broncos 208-336-3700. This is just your first chance. We have another chance coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. We also have chances for those of you who are basketball fans to get your basketball tickets. Uh, should be a really good game against San Francisco coming up this Sunday, Extra Mile Arena. We've got a couple of chances for you to win those tickets. You will be calling in to win a little bit later on this morning. As a matter of fact, your first chance to get your basketball tickets will be coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. So... We've got giveaways going on. Uh, of course, Land Ocean $50 gift certificate will be given away for our Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you would like to weigh in already this morning. Thoughts on the debate last night if you watched. What were your thoughts? Did, did anybody win? Did one particular person happen to win? Yeah, probably Donald Trump won again. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, this, that's quite a strategy not to show up. It's really working. Yeah, it really kind of is. You would have thought, and we, we, well, I use the you know general term of we. I I predicted that if you saw, as the debates go on, President Trump's support in polling start to fall. So say. Uh, the leader, whoever that might be, whether it's DeSantis, Haley, or whoever you choose, goes from 10% support and Trump having like 40% support. And you see somebody say, we'll choose Nikki Haley just because a lot of people think she won last night. Um, say you choose Nikki Haley and all of a sudden she's 20% support and and Trump has fallen to 30%. You would probably see Trump going, okay, I have to debate because if I don't debate, uh, you know, if sometime in the next four or five debates, I could lose my lead. However, that hasn't happened as of yet. No, not even so close. he doesn't have to. I mean, he really, really doesn't. So these these people are really, at this point, battling for second place. Donald Trump has already announced that he will not be participating in the fourth debate, which is coming up next mm-hmm. month. Um, Drudge poll, who we who, who we follow because they do uh, the poll as the debate goes on. Um, Nikki Haley comes away. It's not a scientific poll. It's anybody who wants to vote can vote. But uh, Nikki Haley, 44%. Vivek Ramaswamy, 24%. DeSantis, 15.9%. And then bringing up the uh, rear, Christie and uh, Scott. This may be the last debate that Tim Scott will be in because he barely made this debate. Mm. Um, so, And he hasn't made any inroads, quite frankly. Uh, against even these people, let alone Donald Trump. Um, we'll talk, we'll hear some of the audio from last night. Scott is is one that may be running for vice president. Could possibly be, yeah. Um, who? 
Donald Trump uh, did throw out a name last night um, who could be a possible vice presidential candidate. He used to work for Fox until he was unceremoniously fired. Tucker Carlson? Tucker Carlson was thrown out his name. That would be interesting. I don't know if he'd make a good vice president, but he would get a lot of publicity. <laughs> right? Well, if that's the idea, I mean. Well, I mean, I, I, quite frankly, I mean, that's, you know, publicity is what it's what it's about. That I mean, you, even in local debates, it's who has the most publicity. How much mm-hmm. money did you spend advertising and, and marketing? And usually those people, you know, the money and reminds publicity correlates to who gets elected. It reminds me of that critique. People who like this sort of thing will find this the sort of thing they like. We'll have some audio from this uh, this morning as we go through. Uh, we found out last night that uh, one of the uh, candidates thinks the other candidate is scum. Yeah. We, we know that because they actually said it. We'll let you hear that and how that... Mickey reminded me a little of Will Smith last night. <laughs> um, I wish she would have said the actual line. She, she kind of screwed up the line, I think. I think she was so upset that um, she didn't take the time and go, okay, what... She also forgot to walk over and smack him. <laughs> she didn't forget to walk over and, and shake his hand. Uh, she shook everybody's hand afterwards except for his. Um, there's no love loss between the two of them. Not uh, so I'm much, talking no. Vivek Ramaswamy. Well, she finds him annoying, so and you know, that just Haley. proves that she's paying attention. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. W- want to get your input this morning, too, um, on who you think uh, the winners and the losers. Uh, my biggest complaint in the past debates has been that they were unwatchable. There was yelling and screaming over each other. You know, the crowd's response, you, you couldn't hear because sometimes the crowd was booing or yelling, and it's like, it's just, it's unwatchable. I will say that last night's debate was better. Now, I don't know if that's because they were better behaved, and there were some times that it delved into screaming over each other, especially between Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy, um, but it was much less than the previous debates, and I don't know if that's because there are less people on the stage trying to um have their voices heard that may have something to do with it. i think that may have something to do with it um they lowers the din just a bit the moderators did have to interrupt the crowd again this time saying hey look you know we don't want to go there you know please don't yell scream cheer boo so that we can get to some of these very important issues you're just taking up time that we won't be able to get to some of the issues again never completely understand why they have an audience yeah i mean you know just in a news studio would do it with nobody watching. The other interesting thing that I found, and I think a lot of other people did too, is, you know, especially based on the election on Tuesday night, what would you say in this country right now might be one of the biggest things that people are concerned about when it comes to next year's presidential election? Uh, Something to do with abortion, maybe? Abortion wasn't brought up for 90 minutes, and it was kind of an afterthought, and they never really got into abortion, which you would have thought, you know, with everything that happened in the election on Tuesday night with what happened in Ohio and the different uh, Democrats who won, uh, specifically running on abortion issues. The thing is, though, if they get into a debate at this point, it's just them going, 15 weeks, no, 16 weeks. Well, my plan is 14 weeks. (laughs) But I think think that... They're all against it. Republicans and maybe even independents, because we've talked about this before. You're not going to win this election just with Republican support. 
And the Democrat and Democrats, same thing, are not going to win just with Democrats. It's assumed that you're going to have Republican and Democratic support. It's the independents. Those are the people that you have to sway. Those are the people that are watching and going, all right, what do you feel? You know, what's going on here? Um, and, and did not get into it, you know, after 90 minutes. And a lot of people after 90 minutes, you know, lose lose interest in debates and go, you know what? The CMAs are on tonight. I, I'm going to go watch that. There's also like 43 NBA games tonight. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, your thoughts. If you want to weigh in, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Don't forget, we are letting you win your Boise State New Mexico football tickets. Want to be there this coming Saturday night? Weather should cooperate. Should be pretty nice weather. Clear skies. Should be dry. Text the word Broncos right now to 208-336-3700. You'll have until 7 o'clock. Time for a first check on sports. Brought to you by Pork Valley and Cuna. The uh, wonderful, delicious place to go if you want to get filled up with fantastic food. Get into Pork Belly every day, seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. One of the top basketball recruits in the state signed a national letter of intent Wednesday to join the Boise State men's basketball team next season. Julian Bowie is a 6'3 guard from Pocatello High School. As a junior, Bowie averaged 23.3 points per game and led the Thunder to the 4A state championship game. By the way, they're not called the Indians anymore. Also, signing with the Broncos Wednesday was 6'7 guard Pearson Carmichael of Summit High School in Bend, Oregon, Oregon's 5A player of the year. Carmichael scored 23.5 points per game as a junior and shot 40% from three-point range. Carmichael's brother Hogan is a freshman quarterback at the University of Idaho. Boise State head coach Leon Rice also announced Wednesday that Bronco freshman Chris Lockett Jr. and Alex Martin will both redshirt this season. Meanwhile, the Boise State women's basketball team signed guard Taryn Gardner from Meade High School in Spokane. Sean Garris, Boise State's head volleyball coach, announced Wednesday the signing of four high school players to national letters of intent. They are Addie Benefield of Redondo High School in California, Eliza Sharp of Burlingame High School, also in California, Lily Etter of Gonzaga Prep in Spokane, and Caitlin Van Kirk from Manhattan Christian High School in Montana. Van Kirk is the younger sister of current Bronco volleyball player Kirsten Van Kirk and the daughter of former Boise State basketball players Ken Van Kirk and Holly McMaster Van Kirk, who played for their respective Bronco teams between 1994 and 1998. Also Wednesday, Boise State women's tennis coach Beck Rogar announced the signing of Maya Dutta of University Prep in Dallas, the number one ranked five-star tennis recruit in the state of Texas. And the Bronco women's golf team signed Zoe Parker of Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas. Last year, Parker's 18-hole average was 72.2. It's pretty interesting that uh, Boise State gets the number one player in uh, Idaho and the number one player in Oregon. And Texas, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, different teams, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you got the 5A player of right. the year in uh, mm-hmm. both states coming to uh, Boise well, State. That's the 4A in pretty, Idaho, but yeah, yeah. 4A Idaho, yeah, exactly. 4A in Pocatello. But, uh, yeah, 5A, um, pretty good. And both of them are guards, one mm-hmm. foot seven guard. Yeah, and a, and a, and a great three-point shooter. Kind yeah. of a uh, sort of a Reggie Miller type. That is sports. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
a hooray in Hollywood. SAG-AFTRA reaching a deal with the major studios to end the nearly four-month-long actors' strike that affected 160,000 union members and cost the U.S. economy billions of dollars. Terms of the deal have yet to be disclosed pending final ratification, but the billion-dollar agreement includes a significant boost in minimum pay, increased residual payments for streaming content, and new protections from artificial intelligence. Good news for those of you who have uh, been waiting to uh, you get your TV shows back. Uh, I heard Yellowstone is due back in November Yay. of next year. Oh, so it'll be um, over two years. By the way, when it comes back, um, the uh, lead will not be there. Kevin Costner will not be a part of the uh, second part of the uh, current season. They basically had a. Uh, Disagreement over money, time spent on the... Did you hear who he may be uh, involved with? Who? Reese Witherspoon. Really? Yeah, he's 68 and she's 47. I was going to say, that's quite... uh, uh, Apparently they were talking about working together and... They're working together? uh, Apparently it's working. (laughs) Um, When you look at this, uh, it's going to be interesting to see because we heard when the strike was over from the UAW worker strike that... Um, it is probably going to add about $900, you know, in, in the price of vehicles from the big three automakers. It, it, with the, the amount of money going into this, especially on the streaming deals, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens as far as, I mean, we've had Netflix raise rates. Amazon has announced, Amazon Prime has announced that they're going to be raising rates. Disney has been raising rates. What's going to happen? Are we going to see all of those streaming companies start to raise rates again to pay for this? Because, I mean, it, we're, you're talking, as you heard there, billions, not yeah. millions, billions of dollars. And that money's not just going to come out of the CEO's pocket. It's got to come from somewhere. You also look at this, this, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, Chris, or not. Um, we have gone through, in the last four to five years, maybe the worst time in history for movies in our generation. Because you had movies not being made, not making it to the screen because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID got over, now you have movies not being made, um, being pushed back. And I'll use the example of of Dune, for example, um, got pushed back because of COVID a year. And then it was supposed to come out last. They put out out part one and then a few years later, part two. Yeah, they put out part one and then it was supposed to come out. Part one came out in November. They were going to release part two Mm -hmm. um, the following july which you know it's not bad you got six months so um then they said well we've got to put it off because of the strike and then now the strike then the actors went on strike it goes well now we were going to put it out in november (laughs) but now we're going to wait until next year sometime so like Mm -hmm. you said it's going to be two years you're going to forget what happened in part one and and part two but i mean if you go back for in the last four years they're they're counting on you to watch part one again probably yeah yeah. i mean can you come up with any you know groundbreaking where where movies that you're going to go a generation from now going gosh remember star wars when that came out or remember this movie i mean you just don't have you know the marvel movies that were great batman in the last four years you just haven't seen anything where you would go "Hmm, yeah those were fantastic type of movies like blockbuster type of yeah stuff. yeah um i mean apart from like barbie i guess i i mean it used to be my wife and i would go to a movie two three times a month now where it's mm-hmm. it's more like two three times a year because there's just not any great movies that we go, well, we got to see this on the big screen. 
KVY News Time. I've, I've been twice in the last 15 years, so it, <laughs> you're wrong person to ask. I, I know. Phone lines are open 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through your thoughts on the debate, if you watched last night, love to hear from you. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642, uh, update on the story that we uh, talked about yesterday morning about the uh, former English teacher in Missouri. Um, Brianna Coppage is her name, who uh, resigned her job as a uh, teacher when uh, it was found out that she was posting on OnlyFans website sexy videos and we had said that she'd made thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars um we were off by a little bit apparently she's made over a million dollars from her OnlyFans account so in how long um since she's been on i don't know not very long now she did basically resign from being being a yeah. teacher the the uh administration um, put her on paid administrative leave, but once it was posted um, that she, over the summer, um, okay, so it says here in this story that she's, she joined OnlyFans over the summer, so oh, okay. before the school. So this, is, this has been over a million dollars in a matter of like six months, basically. Yeah. Here she is um, oh, explaining. I'm going to guess she's retired from teaching. <laughs> I don't think she's going to be coming back. Our handbook policies are very vague, and they just say something about, like, represent yourself well. Did I violate that? I feel like that's a matter of opinion. I've definitely gone through a grieving process, um, especially that first week and the second week, just knowing that I won't be going back to education and I won't ever be seeing my students again. I've been able to pay off all my student loans, like any car loans or credit card debt. Like, I have no debt now, so, like, that's really freeing. Over a million dollars since she started posting this summer. You won't see your students again. The good news is they can pay and see you anytime <laughs> <Yeah>. they want. <laughs> um, I have one more update for you. You remember the Catch Me Outside girl from Dr. Phil? Catch Me Outside. Yeah. Hey, Catch Me Outside. How about that? Remember that girl? She appeared oh. with Dr. Phil. Her name was uh, Bod. It was like Bobby. She, but she was like, you know, challenging somebody to a fight outside. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. 13 years old. Um. I want you to, we, we, we're going to go to sports here, but I want you and everybody listening this morning, um, she is uh, a part of the uh, OnlyFans universe. I want you to take a guess how much money she has made by being on OnlyFans. Keep in mind, this teacher. Is she, is she over 18 now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's over 18. Um, take a guess at how much she's made. She's barely over 18, by the way. Uh, um, uh, five million. Uh, keep going up. We'll get to that coming up. Five and a half million. Uh, you're not even close. <laughs> Five point six million. You're not even close. <clears throat> it's time for another check on what's going on with uh, sports. We'll tell you coming up, but I want you All to right. think about that. Uh, this update on sports brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They open up in 15 minutes from now. Don't forget, not only do the restaurant open up, the coffee drive through opens up at the same time. So if you don't want to get out of your car and you only have time to grab an energy drink or a coffee, um, get through the drive through at Pork Belly and Cuna. Thursday Night Football kicks off at 6 on Amazon Prime. It's the 1-7 and seven Panthers against the 2-7 and seven Bears. Yes! Mercifully, there's wait. also college football. <laughs> Virginia plays number 11 Louisville, and Southern Mississippi takes on Louisiana. The Boise State women's soccer team signed seven new players to National Letters of Intent Wednesday. They were Jillian Anderson of uh, Allen, Texas, 
Oakley Anderson from Woods Cross High School in North Salt Lake, Tambry Bell of Highland in Pocatello, Emily Brashear from Cactus Shadows High School, which is in Cave Creek, Arizona, Kaylee McKeon from Santa Margarita High School in uh, Coto de Caza, California, Sophie Schmatz from Bishop Kelly, and Kennedy Sullivan from Norris High School in Roca, Nebraska. And Boise State Gymnastics coach Tina Bird announced the signing of three gymnasts to the 2024 recruiting class Wednesday. Uh, Noel Ball of Bothell, Washington, Bridget Kemp of Rancho Palos Verdes, California, and Christina Shenikova of Morrison, Colorado. That's sports. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 707, good morning. Thanks for listening in. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, 1-800-529-5264. Those numbers are going to come in handy sometime this hour. We're going to give you a chance to win basketball tickets. Boise State got underway uh, with the 2023-24 season against uh, Vanguard with a win. They'll play San Francisco. That's going to be a much tougher game than Vanguard. This game will uh, be going on Sunday, 2 o'clock. Extra Mile Arena. We'll have a chance for you to win those tickets coming up a little bit later this hour. Keep listening in. If you want football tickets, keep listening. We'll have another chance to win in the 8 o'clock hour for those. And by the way, if you text uh, the word Broncos over the last hour, check your text messages. We have chosen a winner from all that we got at random. Uh, I just sent out a text to that person. We need your uh, name, phone number, address, all that good stuff so that we can make sure that you uh, get the tickets. Uh, here about 20 minutes ago, um, on a story we talked about yesterday with the uh, teacher from uh, Missouri, um, update on that. Um, in less than six months, she's made over a million dollars on her OnlyFans account. Uh, I agree with Chris. Um, she's never going to be a teacher again. No, probably not. I mean, that's, I mean, when you're talking a million dollars in six months, that's life changing money. But if you think that's life changing money, um, for those of you, I, I don't know if you remember this girl. She became internet famous. When she appeared on Dr. Phil, it's the Catch Me Outside girl. She was 13 years old. Her name is Danielle Brigoli. Um, if you don't remember, this was the episode of Dr. Phil that she appeared on. What do you think is going to happen when you happen to steal somebody's car that decides that they're going to drop a hammer on you and prosecute you to the full extent of the law? Then I do my time in jail. Jail ain't nothing. That's what I always do, and they never catch me. Ain't nobody going to catch me. Because you're too streetwise? Yup. And all these hoes laughing like something funny. She's talking about the audience, that they're laughing at her. Did you say the, the, the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes? Yep. Catch me outside, how about that? Huh? Catch me outside, how about that? Catch you outside? Catch her outside means she'll go outside and do what she has to do. This is mouth. Oh, do so you want to take this outside? Because I think they can bring cameras outside. Really? Because I think I flipped you. You want to do it again? <laughs> Danny, don't get all tough. Please don't. This is not the place. Hey, and this is not sit the down. Sit down. All right, Danny. Sit down. Flip me now. Come flip me now. That was her at 13 years old on uh, Dr. Phil. I'd ask you uh, what you think she has made. By the way, um, she's now 19 years old. She appeared on Dr. Phil when she was 13. Now she's made it six more years, huh? Um... How much do you think she's made being uh, on OnlyFans? I don't know. Uh, way, way, way too much? Over $50 million. 
keep in mind, she, uh, you can't go on OnlyFans till you turn 18. Mm. $50 million. Now, when people heard that she had made $50 million, um, she actually posted her earnings page <laughs> to show people it's like, really? Uh, here's my bank a- account. Um, and it did show fif- over $50 million. Did it have the number? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I Did you write it down? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I thought you meant the number as uh, and how much he's made. No, the account number. Yeah, no. As dumb as you may think she is, she was smart enough to not include the account number. $50 million. I mean, that's you, you've gone from you know, I, life-changing to generational-changing wealth. I, I think it really, it, it really, you know, a story like that really speaks to the complete stupidity of people. I don't, not, not her necessarily, but the people who, <laughs> yeah, who, who pay. Uh, I mean, it, there, you have a lot of people apparently that are paying to get to fifty million dollars, right? I, I mean, even, it seems like even a, for the teacher though, for a million dollars in six months, that's a lot of money. It seems like more people would pay not to have to see her. I would like to see in a year what the uh, teacher from Missouri, because now with all the free publicity, how many people yesterday, um, you know, signed up on OnlyFans just to possibly check her out or i mean this is a national news story i I, i'd be interested to revisit this story in a year if we're able to to find out you know where she's at how much money she's made 208-336-3700 that's an update on on that story um we're also talking about the debate last night donald trump was not there Um, we've whittled it down to five probably my guess would be down to four in the next Debate. Donald Trump has already said he will not be a part of the next debate next month. I believe that one's going on in Alabama. Um, the, Why don't they just go with people who have a chance to win the nomination and not have one? Not have one. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, biggest takeaway I think you can get from last night um, is that Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley don't really like each other. Uh, we've talked about this. You campaign on TikTok. How do you get TikTok banned if you use it? Well, I, I, I want to laugh at why Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which was about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. Your adult daughter. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters propping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. You're just the easy scum. answer is actually to say that we're just going to ban one app. we got to go further. We have to ban any U.S. company actually transferring U.S. data to the Chinese. Here's a story most people don't know. Airbnb hands over U.S. user data to the CCP. Now, that's a U.S.-owned company. So this is the problem when you have Republicans that temporarily go the way the winds blow, and now it's popular to talk tough on China when she was U.N. ambassador, called them literally her words, not mine, our great friend. You can't be fair-weather fans of the right policy. Get to the root cause. Even U.S. companies in Silicon Valley are regularly doing it. 
cut the virtue signaling. The fact of the matter is Democrats are on TikTok today. The only person, one of the few people who is putting up content the way the actual algorithms work, speaking for pro-Israel views or others, Ambassador is me, Haley, critics, um, more Republicans will join it. But uh, stop U.S. companies from turning over data to Chinese companies. That's the real answer. Like, uh, the Christian, signal. don't get to respond to personal attacks, but you do. Thank you very much. You know, when he talks about me praising China, he doesn't know the fact that the reason China was praised was because I negotiated with China and Russia the largest set of sanctions against North Korea in a generation. We are the, that is literally the reason North Korea stopped testing ballistic missiles. So I said China did good on their part. That was a negotiation you, said they were our you great could friend, never do. Those are your words, not mine. And so just when, own up to you it. Would never you can change your mind. That's that negotiation but don't done. lie to the people about what you've said or what you've done in China. South Carolina. Carolina. My entire them career at the United right Nations, every day I fought China, and I did it Look at by making sure no one could get any country. agency heads in UN. I did it by making sure that we called them out on human rights. I did it by making sure that we held them accountable on everything that they did. That's the reason we got out of the Human Rights Council. That's the reason we I, called them out. And I had there's not a day I haven't Nikki stopped. Senator Scott, was it, it is your turn. And once again, it delved into uh, what I don't like about the debates. Next time, you feel, like, over next time you feel like playing Ramaswamy, can we listen to the uh, Catch Me Outside girl again instead? <laughs> she, she just became the second most annoying thing on the program. The uh, other part of the thing, it, it's interesting to see that he's doing oppo research on her family. It, it, it's like well, you couldn't find anything directly with Nikki Haley, so now you're doing opposition research on her grown so, children. So he did a whole bunch of research. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other interesting thing, she also, or uh, Ramaswamy called uh, Nikki Haley Dick Cheney in high heels and uh, talked about her three-inch high heels, which Nikki Haley um, corrected and said they're not three-inch high heels, they're five-inch high heels. Yeah. I get the impression they don't really like each other. Your thoughts? Well, I don't really like them either. Your takeaway on the debate last night, who do you think won? What are your thoughts? If you want to weigh in, 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, you can also email us. Let's get another check on sports once again, brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. One of the top basketball recruits in the state signed a national letter of intent Wednesday to join the Boise State men's basketball team next season. Julian Bowie is a 6'3 guard from Pocatello High School. As a junior, Bowie averaged 23.3 points per game and led the Thunder to the 4A state championship game. Also signing with the Broncos Wednesday was 6'7 guard Pearson Carmichael of Summit High School in Bend, Oregon, Oregon's 5A player of the year. Carmichael scored 23.5 points per game as a junior and shot 40% from three-point range. Carmichael's brother Hogan is a freshman quarterback at the University of Idaho. Boise State head coach Leon Rice also announced Wednesday that Bronco freshman Chris Lockett Jr. and Alex Martin will both redshirt this season. Meanwhile, the Boise State women's basketball team signed guard Taryn Gardner from Meade High School in Spokane. Sean Garris, Boise State's head volleyball coach, announced Wednesday the signing of four high school players to national letters of intent. Addie Benefield from Redondo High School in California. Eliza Sharp of Burlingame High School in California. Lily Etter of Gonzaga Prep in Spokane. And Caitlin Van Kirk from Manhattan Christian High School in Montana. Van Kirk is the younger sister of current Bronco volleyball player Kirsten Van Kirk and the daughter of former Boise State basketball players Ken Van Kirk and Holly McMaster Van Kirk, who played for their respective Bronco teams between 1994 and 1998. 
Also Wednesday, Boise State women's tennis coach Beck Rogar announced the signing of Maya Dada of the University Prep in Dallas, the number one ranked five-star tennis recruit in the state of Texas. And the Bronco women's golf team signed Zoe Parker of Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas. Last year, Parker's 18-hole average was 72.2. That's sports. Casper and Chris on KBOI.com. We are News Talk KBOI. Run in over two years uh, this month so far. Um, but today, we want to talk about something that could be concerning. There, uh, last month reports earlier this week, uh, $1.8 billion in credit card use last month. That is the most in history. So people are starting to pay their bills with their credit cards, um, using it, you know, for things that normally wouldn't use it for, uh, I think is what you can read between the lines there. Another concerning thing, Jeremiah, I want you to talk about is, uh, banks now cutting back on, um, allowances for credit cards, uh, HELOCs, and the limits that they're allowing. For instance, if you have a $25,000 limit on a credit card, banks are just saying, yeah, we're cutting your limit back to $10,000. Yeah, it, the numbers are interesting, and I, I got I to gotta correct you on, on the initial uh, intro to the credit card debt, reaching a record of not billion, trillion. Oh, trillion, with sorry. Wait, tr- trillion. Which, I mean, I mean at this point, can, the trillion, even billions and trillions, trying to distill that down into a tangible number is like basically impossible um, as far as like the human, uh, you know, compute, computing factor of it. But if we're looking at the credit card balances, yeah, it, it rose by almost $50 billion last quarter. So if we're looking at the year over year debt gain as far as credit cards, it was $154 billion. That's the largest increase that we've seen in over a couple of decades. So what's concerning, at least in this trend, is we're seeing the 90 day delinquency rate increasing for credit cards. It's up to almost 6%. And that's up almost four percent from a year earlier. So we're seeing we're seeing overall credit card balances increase, and we're seeing the delinquency rates increase, especially the rate of increase over this past quarter. And now, if we look at where interest rates are, you the average annual percentage rate on a credit card is more than twenty percent. It's at an all time high. So you factor in more credit card usage, and you factor in the debt or the interest rate charged on that is at an all time high. Yeah, this is largely going to affect the lower income demographic that is heavily heavily reliant on credit cards. Now, am I a proponent of using credit cards? Hey, if you use it responsibly, it's a good way to earn rewards. I mean, my wife and I, we try to run everything on a credit card and get the travel points and it works out great. Usually we get our vacation flights completely free of charge. Um, but where we're seeing the demographic running into this issue is millennials, particularly the millennials that have an overlap between auto loans, student loan debt. You factor all these things in and you add in the enticement, the encouragement of consuming. I mean, that's the main driver behind our economy. So there's a huge incentive around marketing to continue to entice people to spend. Not the fact that we have ease of phones and online and online shopping. So it's, it's, and, and not to mention you, you look in the, if you look at what, what, what the result of the pandemic was, we saw U.S. household increase overall by like 40% from where we were in pre-COVID levels. So even though all these numbers um, could allude to a, a worse than rosy scenario, if this trend continues, there is some, there's some silver linings to this. So yeah, debt, credit card debt has hit an all new time high and delinquencies are starting to move higher. Yes, but 
credit card debt as a percentage of disposable income is still at a historic low, well below pre-COVID levels. So again, the percent of credit card debt relative to people's money in the bank is is the lowest that we've seen in 20 years. So again, even though credit card uh, debt is is ticking up, the asset ratio to credit card debt is still a good picture. And overall, people should be able to continue to service that debt. But if this trend continues (laughs) month over month, yeah, this could be concerning. Um, We're out of time here today, but maybe tomorrow we can head into um, the uh, banks cutting back limits on credit credit cards and HELOCs and other loans and things like that. Um, because the last time that I saw this, and it, and it happened to us personally, and we weren't in trouble in any way, shape, or form, but we had like three credit cards and a HELOC loan, and every single one of them uh, got cut in 2009. And, and what's particularly discerning is when this happens is that your um, debt-to-income ratio is good and you have a decent credit rating, but when banks do this and cut back, all of a sudden your credit rating drops by 100 points because your debt to income ratio is at a hundred percent yeah this yeah. is true De- so, uh, banks are tightening the belt for sure yeah so maybe we can get a little bit more to that for our friday we'll keep an update see if our rally continues again today uh everything looks to be on the upside here in the uh opening in a few minutes we'll get some updates from you uh here throughout the day and talk to you again tomorrow morning for a friday thanks gents for your google play simply say hey google play 670 kboi now back to mike casper and chris walton this is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.42, it is 26 degrees in downtown Boise. Um, we've seen a big change since the stock market opened. Uh, Dow, for instance, was up 100 points just before the opening. All three of the indexes now are basically flat. They're still in the green, but only uh, by a dollar or two. Um, big news that you're looking at this morning is uh, Bitcoin has jumped $1,800 this morning and has blown through uh, the $37,000 barrier. We're only $29,000 from its all-time high. <laughs> but, I mean, you, yeah. you see a one-day jump at $1,700 so far uh, in Bitcoin. you got to remember, two months ago, Bitcoin was uh, selling at, what, 18000 and now it's almost doubled. Maybe a little even yeah. more uh, than doubled as of right now. Uh, reminder for those of you, too, if you know somebody who is in the need of food, maybe that's you, maybe that's someone, a neighbor that you know. Idaho Food Bank is holding uh, another community food distribution event at the Ford Idaho Center. It's going to be going on later this morning. The event going to be held uh, in the parking lot of the Ford Idaho Center beginning at 11 a.m. It will go till 2.30 or until they run out of food, whichever comes first. So if you know somebody, or like I said, if you're you're in need of food, there are no requirements to qualify to receive the food if you need more information. They're also looking for volunteers to uh, help with uh, getting the people through. Um, you don't even get out of your car. You just drive through and they uh, give you your box of food. You can go to IdahoFoodBank.org for more information or if you would like to volunteer. Um, that one's going on today, once again, beginning at 11 o'clock at the Ford Idaho Center. Another event food distribution event will be taking place uh in december on the uh, 13th so you might want to also put that on your calendar we've been taking phone calls emails this morning what your thoughts on the uh, debate was uh last night you can uh, email chris at kbi.com mike at kbi.com give us a call uh victor writes in we laughed so hard at ramaswamy last night immediately after his tirade on tiktok the republican party had a commercial encouraging the use of 
TikTok, praising TikTok and constituents using it to campaign, how much it helps older people connect and how easy it is to get their messages across. That's what's wrong with our party, including here in Idaho. The right hand has no clue what the left hand is doing. We're lucky uh, Democrats are sticking with Biden. He's the best chance we have of winning the White House. That's from Victor and his thoughts on the debate last night. Uh, Xi Jinping has written in. Ah! And, uh, wow, I, who knew that they were allowed to listen to us in China? Well, you know, he, he's the one who makes the rules, so he can do what he wants. <laughs> uh, says Donald Trump said uh, last night that Kim Jong-un was the leader of 1.4 billion people. Uh, he says, Mr. Trump not know anything. Um, yeah, he, he sort of misspoke. I think he was, was talking about Xi Jinping and uh, said that Kim Jong-un was the leader of 1.4 billion people and that they all know he's the, the boss. He's actually the leader of about 26 million people. Got his in, Asians in mixed up. North Korea, yeah. So he just had Kim Jong-un and Xi Jinping mixed up last night. So. 7.45, you want to weigh in on the debate? Who do you think won? Your thoughts on the debate. We'll continue uh, taking your thoughts if you watched last night. We want to get your thoughts. Feel free to give us a call. Uh, 208-336-3700. Time for a final check on sports. Once again this morning, it's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. They are open as they are every day beginning at 7 a.m., seven days a week, 7 to 2. If you love your breakfast um, and, and you like breakfast for all your meals, uh, don't forget it. Pork Belly, you can have breakfast for lunch. They're open till 2, and they'll continue to serve whatever you want for breakfast, even at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Thursday night football kicks off at six on Amazon Prime. It's the tonight. one and seven Panthers at the two and seven Bears. Mercifully, there's also college football. Virginia plays number eleven Louisville, and Southern Mississippi takes on Louisiana. The Boise State women's soccer team signed seven new players to national letters of intent Wednesday. Uh, Jillian Anderson is from Allen, Texas. Oakley Anderson from Woods Cross High School in North Salt Lake. Uh, Tambry Bell of Highland in Pocatello, Emily Bashir from Cactus Shadows High School in Cave Creek, Arizona, Kaylee McKeon from Santa Margarita High School in Cota de Casa, California, Sophie Schmatz from Bishop Kelly, and Kennedy Sullivan from Norris High School in Roka, Nebraska, and Boise State Gymnastics coach Tina Bird announced the signing of three gymnasts to the 2024 recruiting class Wednesday. Uh, Noel Ball of Bothell, Washington, Bridget Kemp of Rancho Palos Verdes, California, and Christina Shenikova of Morrison, Colorado. That's sports. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 752-208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. By the way, uh, congratulations Colin Garrett of Nampa got the tickets last hour to the Boise State football game against New Mexico this coming Saturday night. You're one of those people that tried to win. You're still listening this morning. You'd like to get a pair of tickets to the game. We have another chance for you coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. All right, so listen in. You will be texting to win those tickets. We've also got basketball tickets we're going to give away on the way in just a couple of minutes. If you want to win those tickets, uh, you'll be calling in to win those tickets at 208-336-3700. Once again, thank you your phone calls, your emails. If you watched the uh, debate last night, what were your thoughts? Uh, Wayne writes in, says, generally enjoyed the debate. What? What is wrong with you, Wayne? You generally enjoyed the debate? Thought it was informative. The only loser I thought was 
uh, Vivek, who, while he is really smart and creative, shows his immaturity. Other than that, I thought there was some good information passed uh, on, and all of them demonstrated an ability to have ideas on how to solve the problems we face that the current administration does not have or do our country would be in the better hands with any of these five than the current administration. The only problem I, I, I would say, and this is my personal opinion, Wayne, um, none of these five have a chance of winning the primary. Probably not. As of right, as it sits right now, there's just, uh, I mean, mathematically, it's impossible. As of right now. Right. Now, that's not to say something a lot, a lot can might, happen in might a year. could change yeah, in four months. Uh, who knows? But, yeah, as of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, David uh, writes in, says, Mike, I'm calling this right now. Biden will promise credit card debt forgiveness as a part of his platform in the presidential election cycle to guarantee that he gets elected guaranteed. I I disagree with you, David. <laughs> and here's what I'm going to say. I, I, first of all, I think it would be the dumbest thing ever to do. And, and here's why. Because people who are able, and, and I would do this, even though I am vehemently against it, if this is something that he runs on, does, and then comes through with his promise, people that have credit card limits will max out their credit cards and then get it forgiven. Mm. Why wouldn't you? It's At that point, it becomes smart business, even though it's the dumbest thing you could do when it comes to destroying I think I still, our country's economy. I still wouldn't because uh, to act upon the promise of any politician just... Seems like it's too risky. Well, not acting on the promise. I'm st- I'm talking about he promises to do it, he gets elected, and now he goes, yeah. oh, crap, now I have to in, do it because in, I promised In the event it. that he's able to do what he promises. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and see, I, I don't even dream about that. Uh, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't do it until it looks like it, it's going to happen. It, it, and once, once again, I'm saying this as somebody who is vehemently against forgiving Running student loans, forgiving credit, using taxpayer yeah. money to help people that through nobody else's fault but their own, got them in trouble. I mean, if, you, if you've if you run up your credit card debt, do like normal people do and get an OnlyFans account. <laughs> right? <laughs> 208. I still want to set up an OnlyFans thing for people who don't like air conditioning. <laughs> you know, you probably could, and you could probably, based on how much money's being made, you would probably make a little money off of it, Chris. Yeah, you never know. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, we'll take a break. News coming up at the top of the hour. As promised, I told you we were going to have tickets. Boise State taking on San Francisco. Uh, easy win earlier this week on Tuesday night against Vanguard. San Francisco is going to be a little uh, different story. You're going to get a better be. test to see where Boise State is going to be this year. Um, Go ahead and give us a call. We'll take caller number seven. We're in the seven o'clock hour, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. These are for tickets. Sunday against San Francisco, two o'clock, Extra Mile Arena. Caller seven, 208-336-3700. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807, it's 28 degrees in downtown Boise. Uh, down now, down 64 points. Was up 100 just before the opening this morning, so we've seen about 160-point swing so far. Um, the other indexes uh, are basically flat. S&P, by the way, in case you uh, hadn't heard earlier this morning, is uh, on a run this month that we have not seen in over two years. 
S&P has just been killing it since the calendar went from October to November. On November 1st, it's like somebody flipped a, a switch huh. and has seen a, an amazing uh, run up over 15%. What's uh, leading the charge? Is it the S or the P? Uh, I think it's the S and the P. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's good. We're taking your phone calls and emails this morning. Oh, by the way, congratulations, Chris Jordan. Uh, got tickets to the Boise State game. Very excited. Chris jo- Jordan of Boise will be one of the people at the uh, Boise State game coming up Sunday afternoon. This is the basketball game. We'll have another pair of tickets in the 9 o'clock hour. So if you didn't get a chance to win, keep listening. And you are texting right now. Broncos to 208-336-3700 for your tickets to watch the Boise State Broncos take on New Mexico coming up Saturday night. If you want those tickets, text right now. You'll have until 9 o'clock, and then we'll pick another person at random. Second pair of tickets. We've got lots of giveaways going through today. And we don't want to keep any of them. No, no. We want to give them to you. Right. Uh, Feel free. Um, Also talking about the debate last night. Your thoughts, if you watched the debate, um, did you did you have a winner? Did you pick a winner? Um, things a little bit nasty, more even more nasty. I mean, we've seen nastiness in uh, debates before, but um, last night things got a little nasty, especially between Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley. At one point, uh, Vivek had called Nikki Haley Dick Cheney in high heels. See, she told him he was just scum. Scum. Nikki Haley didn't answer your question, which is about looking at families in the eye. In the last debate, she made fun of me for actually joining TikTok while her own daughter was actually using the app for a long time. So you might want to take care of your family first. Leave my daughter out of your voice. The next generation of Americans are using it. And that's actually the point. You have her supporters propping her up. That's fine. Here's the truth. The easy answer. (laughs) Just scum. She said Uh. you're scum. It's it's interesting um, that you have oppo research. I get oppo research on the candidates. Um, It's interesting that Vivek is doing oppo research on her adult children. And if you notice there, he specifically didn't say she currently uses TikTok. Um, She used to say, and it's her adult daughter. It's not a teenage daughter. Mm -hmm. It's her grown adult daughter who is, uh, I think, 30 or over 30 years old, Mm -hmm. um, said that she has in the past used TikTok. So... Interesting way to uh, attack Nikki in that particular instance. No love loss, you can tell, between the two. Even afterwards, both of them shook uh, every other candidate's hand except each other's as they went uh, afterwards, if you uh, watch the debate afterwards. They couldn't, um, even, they couldn't even spare one finger each? Uh, <laughs> maybe behind the scenes uh, that we didn't see that on camera. Yeah. Uh, Nikki Haley did make uh, one of the things they talked about last night was uh, foreign policy, and, and probably Nikki is maybe the leading candidate when it comes to foreign policy just because she's actually actually worked, um, you know, in uh, the Trump administration in foreign policy. And one of the things they debated last night was on Israel and the fight going on with Hamas and Palestine, which most of the candidates had agreed on. Um, they didn't agree on, however, uh, the Ukraine-Russian war for instance, and the support by U.S. military. Um, Nikki Haley made a, a good thing, and it's something that we have talked about um, here in the United States about uh, attacks on uh, Jews that we are seeing here in the United States. This is what I would say about our college presidents, is if the KKK were doing this, 
every college president would be up in arms. This is no different. You should treat it exactly the same. Anti-Semitism is just as awful as racism, and we've got to make sure they're protected. And for everybody that's protesting on these college campuses in favor of Hamas, let me remind you something. Hamas said death to Israel and death to America. They hate and would kill you too. And the idea that they're talking about genocide for the Jewish people, that's not the values of America. That's not us. We're better than that. That's the choice. Dear Santa. Do you want a mom said- Email in uh, at Mike at KBY.com says in response to who won the debate last night, uh, Trump, duh. Did you see his audience much larger than the one watching the debate? I'm counting actual people wanting and allowed to attend. Can't count the television audience. I'll be watching later today. Uh, the only program I know that recorded Trump in full. It would be nice if there were sources uh, people could watch Trump on. Can't seem to find them. Almost like the media doesn't like or want to support Trump. I wonder why. Oh, I don't think they do. Um, yeah. I, and by the way, it, he call, I don't he know calls where them he fake was. News, and so they have absolutely no motivation to help him whatsoever. His, uh, his, I guess, what would you call it? Campaign rally was on television last night. I can't remember what network you would have found that on, but it was televised. Um, I don't, they, they had more people at his campaign rally just because there's more room than there was at the debate. There's only so much room that you can get people into where the debate was held in uh, Miami last night. Uh, by the way, Trump also in Miami where his campaign rally was going on. Um, but it would be interesting. My guess is, I mean, television audience ratings probably not going to be close between the two. Um, I'm thinking that uh, even though there's not a lot of people that have watched the first three debates, and each debate, by the mm-hmm. way, has gone down. The first debate had almost 13 million people total that were watching. Um, the last debate before this one, we'll get the ratings probably later, was down to a, uh, under 9 million. So each debate is, has lost a number of people. And I, I think if you're like me, it's like I, I, the, first, now, the be, first couple of debates, I said they're just unwatchable. To be fair, are they counting the people that taped it and then didn't watch it? I don't know if that uh, is part of it. Um, if those get counted or not, to tell you the truth. Um, if you recorded it, it probably is counted, would be my guess. Okay. Uh, stupid, stupid, stupid writes, is the person who said that Biden will campaign on credit card debt forgiveness. Um, only in a bizarre world would the pending slash banking industry allow this. This man thinks POTUS, any of them actually run the country. PACs and corporations run this country. It's I'm, just a matter of who POTUS actually listens to that matters. Yeah, I believe that was a joke anyway. He's not really going to campaign on forgiving everybody's credit card debt. I, I don't think so either. I don't know if this guy thought that was a joke or not, but it sounded like he, he said, I guarantee it. So I don't know if he was being sarcastic. Um, if he said guarantee, then he was being really sarcastic. I, he, here's the thing. Um, he's also not allowed, and the Supreme Court slapped him down on that, to do debt forgiveness for college loans on the scale that he wanted to do. You know, So, I mean, just because it's not allowed doesn't mean he wouldn't try to do it, possibly, mm-hmm. especially if it ended up getting him elected. 208-336-3700. We'll continue to take your phone calls and emails if you would like. Uh, this morning, email us chris at kboy.com, mike at kboy.com. Uh, still uh, to talk about this morning um, with everything going on in Trump's world. By the way, the prosecution rested 
yesterday in the Trump civil court case in New York. And now um, they will get underway with the defense. There are, uh, at last I see, uh, 124 possible witnesses that the defense will be calling. It could be only 120 because prosecution has objected to four witnesses for some <laughs> out reason. Of, out of 124. Out of 124. Um, but Trump did get some really good news yesterday from a liberal state, Minnesota. We'll tell you about that on the way. We'll uh, take a break here. Um, when we come back, we're going to get the $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean for you. It's a Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question, which will be coming up right after Bronco Sports today. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 825-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Um, once again, it is the Casper and Chris damn near impossible question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty, 208-888-4128. Uh, if you uh, need help with any real estate needs, give them a call today. Tammy is going to get first crack at our question today. Tammy, we have a $50 gift certificate to Land Ocean. The dollar bill has four things in groups of 13 to represent the 13 original colonies. There are 13 stars, for instance, on the front and back. However, there are three other things. What are those three other things on the dollar bill that represents the 13 original colonies? 13 arrows, 13 olive leaves, and 13 steps on the unfinished pyramid. That is correct. All, right. All 13. Congratulations. I got out my dollar bill and realized uh, I don't have my glasses, and I couldn't count any of those things on my dollar bill this morning. Uh, but apparently you have much better vision uh, than I do, so congratulations. Your vision has paid off this morning, and uh, I, you can now see yourself going to uh, Land Ocean and enjoying $50 worth of uh, great food from Land Ocean on Eagle Road in Meridian. Congratulations. Thank you. Hang on the line. Um, we'll get some information from you. We have uh, other winning going on right now. Don't forget, Broncos. Text the word Broncos, 208-336-3700. We have more tickets to Broncos football than anybody else. Your chance to win going on right now up until 9 o'clock. We'll pick another winner. This will be our second winner today for the Broncos tickets that we'll be giving away. And then after 9 o'clock, if you're a basketball fan, would mm. like to see the Boise State Broncos, which, you know, High hopes for the upcoming season. Um, they had, uh, I was reading the uh, story about earlier this week against Vanguard. This is why you have high hopes. Um, you have uh, new players for the Broncos this year that combined for 50 of the 87 points that uh, the Broncos scored that's against Vanguard. Good. Yeah, that's that's really good, including their two uh, new big men that I think had 28 points and 20 rebounds between the uh, two of them. That's good. That's really, because that's one thing we didn't have last year. So uh, anyway, we'll have those chance. We'll, that will be on the phone, by the way, later this morning. Phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Once again, uh, want to weigh in on your thoughts. If you watched the uh, debate last night, hearing that, is there a winner? Was there a winner? Go ahead and share, 208-336-3700. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
839, phone lines open once again at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Once again this morning, uh, talking about the latest debate, President Trump was not there, had his own rally. Um, somebody wrote in, uh, said we had read his email a little bit earlier. says, how can you not remember which network carried Trump's rally when in my text I spelled it out for you? You know, four letters you didn't read in my text for the audience to know where to go. We'll do it again. The broadcast station is RSBN, Right Side Broadcasting Network. Thanks. Um, however, I asked, I, I said that it was on a network, um, even though RSBN calls themselves a network. They're not, actually not a network. They're a streaming service. Um the network that I was trying to think of was Newsmax. So Newsmax also, that was the broadcast network that actually had the the, the rally on last night. Or you could stream it, as I said, on uh, RSBN, which doesn't have a network. They well, just like, have a streaming service. At least the guy that wrote to you was polite. Yeah. Um, Clay from out west writes, how many of us voters have just given up all hope for ever seeing anything good come out of voting. When was the last time that happened? It doesn't matter who we elect. Nobody is um, ever content. Nothing goes right. All we hear is how terrible we are as a nation, as people. And besides, we are all going to die in 50 years as the oceans swallow us all up. Stay drunk, my friends. I don't was, think... Was, uh, that, was that the most interesting man in the world? I don't think that campaigning has changed... Nah. Much in the last 250 years. What what you just mentioned that is happening in this campaign has happened in every campaign here's, since the beginning of our republic. Uh, here's the deal. Whenever somebody says things are worse now than they've ever been, they're never right. They just don't know anything about history. Yeah. I mean, good grief. You know, some previous campaigns, if you go back over 200 years, you know, there would actually be fisticuffs. Sure. Threats of duels, mm-hmm. things like that. And the occasional duel. Yeah. Not just a threat. Don't have that much anymore. Yeah. Um, they can even make a musical about it. Mike writes in um, a correction, and, and thank you for this, because I didn't do a good job of explaining it, and this person does. We were talking about uh, credit uh, a little bit earlier and how much um, credit banks are cutting back on credit right now. Uh, says, uh, for your information, Mike, this comes from Mike also, regarding your comments earlier today about banks reducing credit limits, when a bank reduces a limit on a line of credit, it does not change your debt-to-income ratio. Um, it changes instead your credit utilization ratio, which is your outstanding debt as a percentage of credit limit. And yes, that can affect your credit score. Thank you, Mike, for you, you did a great job of explaining it. Um, and like I said, th- this is a little bit troubling to me as far as going forward for the next six months, year, as far as what our economy is going to do. Because the last time that I actually saw what's going on right now with, with banks cutting back credit limits, by the way, um, there are 81 banks who responded to this questionnaire. And out of those 81 banks, none of them said that as of right now, they are allowing new credit cards to be given to people who don't have at least a 680 credit score, which is something new. 
mm-hmm. um, just recently because, I mean, people in, in the 500s could get a credit card. Now, granted, you had to pay 30% interest, but at least they were still giving you credit cards so that you could work to establish better credit, which a lot of people do because if you get a credit card and you pay off your balance each month, it shows, you know, over time that you're a good credit risk. It's like, look, they use their credit card and they pay it off and every month. And if you do the opposite, that's not good. That's not good. Um, so banks are cutting back that. And the last time, the reason I bring this up, because the last time we saw this was during the Great Recession, um, the one from 2009, when the yeah, housing great. industry imploded. That yeah, wasn't that great. Uh, well, it depends on who you were. <laughs> I guess as recessions go, it was pretty great. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I bring this up is because it, it, I mean, we had really decent credit rating, um, but it really hammered our credit rating because we had a HELOC that we weren't using. We took out a HELOC that we were down the road going to use to re- remodel the house when it came time to do it. And so our HELOC, uh, I think it was a hundred thousand dollars or whatever we had utilized about 20 some thousand something like that and we got a letter from the bank one day saying uh by the way we're lowering your heloc credit limits and it's like all right what are you lowering it to Uh, we're lowering it to what your balance is right now like what (laughs) well you can't lower it anymore because we already have that that we borrowed against Mm -hmm. and then in, in almost in successive months we had three credit cards uh that we had we got letters from the credit card companies that said we are lowering uh your limit mm-hmm. from 25,000 to what you have currently borrowed or we had one card that didn't have anything on it but it had a limit well, of like 20,000 and it said you had, we're lowering your limit to $5,000. You had decent home equity anyway. Didn't yeah. You? Yeah. Well, not at that time. Oh. This is this was during the implosion and when houses, you know, our house lost half its value. Yeah. We were upside down on the house. So, um we went from, you know, 700 around 700 uh, mid mid to upper 700 credit rating but because of our utilization ratio we dropped down into the we dropped 100 points and we didn't do anything other than the banks lowered our credit this is why i say you know if you're starting to see this and credit cards not being issued by the banks which by the way these are some of the things that banks make their most money at they don't they don't make their most money by you depositing your $1,000 or $10,000 in your savings account and then paying you 4.5% interest, they make their most money by taking the money that you're depositing and loaning it to other people for purposes of credit, like credit card companies, um, HELOC loans, other loans like that that have a really high rate of return. So if banks are pulling back uh, on things like this, it makes you wonder, okay, what are they seeing for the upcoming year ahead when it comes to the economy? All right, Finn of Boise just wrote in. It says, what is a HELOC? Is it the opposite of a chastity belt? Okay, that's very funny because it sounds like something I would say, but no. Um, it's it's a home equity line of credit. Yeah. And uh, it, and they're fun. So it, it goes against your home. It's right. a sec- Basically, it's a second mortgage, but you take it out, and instead of taking a specific amount of money, you're allowed to take up to a certain amount, and then you can use it at any time you want. 
and you don't begin paying it back until you actually borrow against it. So that's what a sorry HELOC. That's what a HELOC is. Chris did a good job of explaining. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. I just said what the, the letters meant. Two zero eight three three six. Uh, 3,700 pounds, 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to weigh in, you can do that right now. Got some more emails to get to. Phone lines are open if you want. Uh, still want to get, uh, to, uh, Trump getting good news, uh, yesterday. I guess maybe two good news. The, uh, the prosecution finally rested in his civil case, but he got good news out of Minnesota from the, uh, Minnesota Supreme Court. We'll tell you about that. Um, we may even tie this uh, a little bit more into something that happened in the, uh, Supreme Court earlier. Uh, this week, we haven't had a chance to talk about when it comes to um, gun law challenge. Um, the Supreme Court looks like it's likely to hand uh, Biden's DOJ a win on a challenge to gun laws. We'll uh, tell you what that case was about and why it looks like it could possibly be a win. And get your thoughts on that. We'll get to that coming up after 9 o'clock. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Minnesota Supreme Court ruling that Donald Trump can stay on that state's ballot for now. Justice is saying it can't force the former president off the primary ballots because it's not clear he will be that party's nominee. The Minnesota Supreme Court saying the ruling only applies to the state primary and left open the possibility that groups could try again to knock Mr. Trump off the general election ballot in November, trying to argue the 14th Amendment insurrection clause. So it's uh, not too many instances uh, where Trump or Trump's name mentioned in court that he gets good news these days, but um, that can definitely be uh, considered good news, at least yeah, Minnesota for now. And Colorado. You remember we talked to uh, our Secretary of State the other day, mm-hmm. uh, McGrain, and uh, I asked him about that. Yeah, I said Minnesota and Colorado right now have uh, court cases where they're trying to keep Donald Trump off the uh, ballot, and he said he didn't think either one of them were going to be successful. And here's here's the deal, and I don't know how quickly they're going to be able to move on this either, because no matter who wins, um, as you just mentioned, you you have Colorado also that is expected to have closing arguments yeah. scheduled for next week. Um, this has already been thrown out recently in New Hampshire federal court. No matter what happens or who wins if trump wins the people who are um trying to get him off the ballot are are going to appeal and it's going to go to the supreme court and it depends on how quickly that it can go there i know the supreme court probably doesn't want to hear this case but they probably would because of the importance uh of it but yeah you have a lot of legal scholars who are saying eh, this is this is going to be kind of interesting uh to see if it will actually work but you do it does make you kind of wonder you know it's like okay if trump were not leading say he was in fifth place right now for the gop would you would you be seeing trying to take him out of different states don't know I don't know either. I, I would tend to suggest, and I would say, I, I would suggest the same I mean, thing a, with a, all the court cases that he's going through. If he was running for president, I don't think you would see any of these court yeah. cases being brought forth. A few might be doing it just for fun, but uh, I, you know, I, 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 you're not I, wrong. I can't really speak for them. You're not, you're not wrong. 
Um, <laughs> I think this guy's being sarcastic. You be the judge. All right. Uh, hi, Mike. With your wise solutions to almost all local and world problems, I find it disappointing that you are not the head of the uh, United Nations. Yeah, he was being. Okay, yes, he, he was. Being I couldn't. I couldn't tell, so I thought you know you being wiser than me could probably. That was, uh, sarcasm spelled capital S, capital A, <laughs> capital R. Uh, final et cetera, et cetera. Final few minutes. By the way, um, we've got another pair of tickets we are giving away right now to the Boise State-New Mexico game. If you want to text the word Broncos, all right, you have until 9 o'clock. We'll choose one person at random from everybody who has texted this hour to get that pair of tickets that we're giving away. And then stick around next hour if you're a basketball fan. You want to see a really good game. San Francisco-BSU. San Francisco, very good uh, Western Athletic Conference uh, or Western West Coast Conference yeah. team. Um, going to be here at Extra Mile Arena for a game this coming Sunday basically, at 2 o'clock. Basically, they're about as good as Gonzaga, if, yeah, if that says anything. They're, they're right up there. Pick, finished third in the uh, conference this year, preseason polling. Um, but we'll have a chance for you in the uh, 9 o'clock hour to win those tickets on the way. Phone lines are open. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Want to weigh in on the debate if you watched that last night. Winners, uh, your take on the debate. Feel free to do that. You can also email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. You can also text us 208-336- Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Into the 9 o'clock hour, 36 degrees now in downtown Boise. Uh, it is 9.05. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Taking your phone calls, emails. If you want to weigh in on the debate from last night, uh, we've been allowing you to do that all morning long. You can continue to do that. We have phone lines open. You can email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Also, uh, stick around. Sometime this hour, we'll give you a chance to go see the Boise State Broncos take on the San Francisco, is it the Dons? San Francisco Dons, I it believe. Is. Is that, you got that right. Hey, it's the Dons. Um, that's going on and Sunday I, at 2 o'clock. Somebody asked me what, what was their women's team, the Donnas. I don't think so. No. Um, you have a chance to win those. Don't call us now. We'll tell you when to call. Um, you'll be caller number nine when we do that, but that'll be coming up here before 10 o'clock this morning. Also, um, we have uh, picked our winner for the uh, Boise State football tickets. So if you're one of the people that have texted, I have uh, texted out that you are the winner. Check your text messages if you were in on the contest. Uh, we still need your name, address, phone number, all that good stuff, and tell you how to pick up uh, your tickets. But thanks to everybody who has uh, texted throughout the morning, so far this morning, on the uh, Snake River Pool and Spa text line, and congratulations to our winners. More tickets and anybody else nate shellman will have more football tickets coming up here this afternoon and then one final chance coming up tomorrow morning wanted to uh, send this out one more and we just got uh, somebody who called in um asking about the information for um idaho food bank um and this is going on today so anybody if you are in need, your family, or if you have a neighbor, family member, somebody you know is in need of food assistance, the Idaho Food Bank is holding another community food distribution event at the Ford Idaho Center. It's going on this morning at 11 a.m. And it goes from 11 a.m. till 2.30 p.m. or until food runs out. That important until food runs out, whichever comes first. So it's not something you might want to go, oh, I'm going to go check this, too. 
it's 225. Maybe I can still get in. Chances are the food is going to be gone uh, by then. So you want to get there at 11 o'clock. No requirements to qualify to receive the food. uh, But if you need more information, um, they're also looking for volunteers to uh, help with the crowd that show up. You don't even have to get out of your car. It's just a, kind of a drive-through thing. You can go to IdahoFoodBank.org if you want to volunteer, or if you need more information, you can get that there. Um, there will be another distribution event that will take place next month, too, on the 13th. But this That's one's going uh, on today, beginning at 11 a.m. It's the message from SF. Uh, says, I watched the debate last night as long as I could stand it. Did anything big happen after 6.02 p.m.? <laughs> Did it start at six? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay, then then that's the joke. You 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 can you, you can stand it for two minutes. I, I will say the biggest. There are two two takeaways I got um, from last night, and, and I said that the the first debates were nearly unwatchable, and, and I, I'm like, if we have to go through eight more debates like this, I, I just and I'm not going to be able to continue to watch. Last night, did they erase the word nearly? Yeah, uh, it wasn't nearly as bad as oh. the first debates with people trying to, uh, with eight people trying to yell over each other, um, you know, when there got to be a question and they didn't agree with the person whose time it was. You just had everybody trying to talk over everybody else and you couldn't understand a word. It, there was less of that last night. That's one takeaway uh, that I got. The other takeaway um, was this one, even though you had less of that more nasty i think in my opinion than the previous debates and um i will give one more takeaway but i don't think this is um necessarily a big take um nikki haley and vivek ramaswamy don't like each other if they were each invited to uh a house to show up for Thanksgiving. I don't think either one of them would show up if they knew the other was going to be there. So those are some of the takes that, that I have. Rich and Boise, um, you have a take on the debate last night? Well, I have kind of a question and then uh, uh, something else. I I forgot that and I just I tuned in to the last five minutes. But and then the post-debate thing where they were asking some of the people. And I thought it was kind of humorous. There was a woman there... I think they'd been talking about how Republicans got their butt kicked in the Tuesday election on abortion. And she was saying, well, women shouldn't, uh, you know, just focus on abortion. There's the economy. There's all other kinds of issues other than abortion. I thought that was a bit humorous considering about a large percentage of the right was single-focused, uh, single-issue voters for most of the past 40 or 50 years you know if a candidate was pro-life or pro-choice they could count on that was just out of the question yeah you know and so now now they want to go oh we shouldn't focus so much on abortion but i have a question did any of the candidates answer the question if they were for a national ban on abortion I think they avoided they, that. They, 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 it took 90 minutes to get into it. Yeah. Um, I don't think specifically um, they got into the national ban on abortion, but they did ask specifically their thoughts on what they personally thought on abortion. DeSantis tried to avoid it altogether. Um, some of them were for uh, limited uh, abortions, um, 14 We I can't remember the exact uh, number, but... Um, they did finally get to abortion, and I and I kind of see 
the reason because I, I kind of criticize is because of what happened on Tuesday in Ohio and, and some of the other things. I, I do get the point because they didn't bring it up for 90 minutes. And you, th- you would think with what happened in the election on Tuesday night, it would have been something that would have happened sooner. I do get to see the point, and somebody pointed this out in an email, the reason why this isn't a big thing you know, as far as the president is concerned, because the president at this point can't really do anything when it comes to abortion. Um, it's Roe versus Wade has already been struck down. It goes back to the states. So now the bigger um, importance comes from your state legislators and your, well, uh, con- and your congressmen. They're the ones that will make the difference on this, not the president. The president could sign a national ban on abortion, however. No. So yes, the president can. No, if, if, if a president could, passes, if a president could, Joe Biden would have already done it. If if they got the House An and the Senate ban? to go along with them, they could. Well, you just you just gave my point. Thank you. No, he he said that a president could sign a, a national ban on abortion, which Joe Biden wouldn't do. He would. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was looking yeah. at the other side. Um, you, but you just explained why, why my point. A president can't do it on his own. No. You, you, it has to be done if, if Congress with the passed it. Yeah, yeah if, with if, the if, Congress. If Congress passed it, then yeah. he could sign it. That's, that's, why, that's why I was saying, in really at this point with Roe versus uh, Wade returning the rights back to the states, president can do nothing by himself right now. There's no executive order well, that well, a, a president I, can sign. There's nothing that they can do. Well, um, I, I other never than, said that. Yeah, yeah. I, I said that. Right. But uh, I mean, it, uh, but a president can still have a position on it and try to get the law passed to ban abortions. And several of the candidates were for that. Uh, the reason why I asked the question, I heard somebody ask uh, Chris Christie that question. And they asked him three times, and I had no idea at all what his answer was. <laughs> it was so, I mean, it was so convoluted. I couldn't even, I couldn't even figure out what the heck he was trying to say. And I, you know, and then Trump's got kind of a convoluted too. His answer was that he had wait for a consensus and negotiate between states or some nonsense. I know that Mike Pence, you know, he answered yes, he would go for a ban on abortion and i didn't know if the other ones had what they had said or not and 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 he was the first one to drop out (laughs) kind of put an end. i don't know if that was the only thing to put an end to his campaign but uh yeah he's he's pretty much done thank you for the phone call 208-336-3700 pound 670 on your verizon wireless we will uh take a break when we come back Get to more of your emails if you want to get through. Phone lines are open as of uh, right now. Please feel free to do that. Um, and still on the way, I think we're, I think we're going to have some time. When we come back, I, I want to get to a Supreme Court um, case earlier this week. It has to do with uh, gun laws and get your thoughts. So those of you who are strong proponents mm. of the Second Amendment, I, I want to get your thoughts on this because um, it, it, it looks like in the official decision won't be announced until sometime next year the supreme court um but as of right now it, it'll looks it's looking and appearing likely that the supreme court will hand uh the uh, biden department of justice a win on this particular challenge to the gun law and we'll give you the details on that what the decision means and get your input coming up next listen to kboi online go to kboi.com and click the listen live button now back up mike casper and chris walton 
This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. The Supreme Court is now weighing arguments about whether people accused of domestic abuse can possess guns. It's a significant case that could have major ripple effects. Advocates for both gun safety and domestic violence protection rallied outside the court during the hearing. NBC News Justice and Intelligence Correspondent Ken Delanian joins me now. So, Ken, first, can you just walk through the case the justices heard today? Do we know if they're leaning any direction? Sure, Zinkley. The plaintiff in this case, Zaki Rahimi, is about as unsympathetic a poster child for gun rights as you can imagine. He was, uh, he assaulted his girlfriend back in 2019 and then threatened to shoot her and then was the subject of a protective order suspending his license, uh, to possess a handgun in Texas. He also went on to commit other gun crimes after that, disregarding the order, possessing guns. He's in prison now. Uh, but the issue in this case is whether the law that prohibited him from having a gun under that domestic violence protection order, whether that law is constitutional. The Fifth Circuit, the appeals court that covers Texas, uh, decided that it was not based on the Bruin decision, the Supreme Court decision from more than a year ago that ruled that uh, any gun regulation in the United States has to have an analog in history. The founders had to have been okay with it, essentially. And the Supreme, uh, the Fifth Circuit said that uh, that was not the case with this particular provision. The justices today appeared to disagree. They appeared to form a consensus around the idea that a person, uh, a judge guilty of domestic violence, is a dangerous person who shouldn't possess a firearm. But there, there's a big question around what rules they will come up with so the, the lower courts can properly interpret the Bruin decision. Because right now, there are a lot of different rulings around the country, different gun laws having been thrown out. Uh, people don't agree on what actually the history of gun control in the United States is. So it's a bit of a chaotic situation that they are hoping the Supreme Court can resolve. Yeah, and Ken, I mean, I know there's data around this topic, right? When we look at the average, 70 women are shot and killed by an intimate partner every month. That's according to the nonprofit advocacy group, Every Town for Gun Safety. So what are some of the implications if SCOTUS decides to actually overturn this law? Yeah, if this doesn't go the way people think it's going to go and they actually knock this out, huge, huge repercussions. First of all, around 13,000 people are prevented from buying a gun every year because they have a domestic violence order. Uh, and thousands more probably should have been but weren't because of the flaws in the system, according to FBI data. And then it raises questions about other provisions, other so-called prohibited Persons, including people who have been adjudged mentally ill by a court of law, they're right now not allowed to possess weapons. Uh, if the Supreme Court knocks out this domestic violence provision, it would raise questions about those other provisions. Felon, felons, could they possess weapons? So it really could uh, d destroy the underpinnings of some, some of the major gun laws in the United States. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. For those of you who believe uh, and think that you should follow to the letter of the law on the Second Amendment. To keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Is this the type of guy that should be allowed constitutionally to own a gun? Now, granted, he can't have it now because he's in prison. And, man, they, they are 100% right when they go, you know, talk about picking somebody who is unsympathetic as far <laughs> as this specific case is yeah. concerned. After uh, Rahimi repeatedly violated the order not to have guns, which included approaching the victim and threatening her with a gun, he also uh, suspected of firing a gun in public in five different locations within a span of a week. Police then searched his home and found a handgun, rifle, and ammunition. 
He was not allowed to have any of those. While contesting some of the allegations against him, he pleaded guilty to a violation of federal law for later possessing a handgun despite an earlier restraining order. But then he appealed. And here we are as of right now. Supreme Court appears inclined to uphold the federal law that bans guns from those subject to domestic violence restraining orders in the first major test of the Second Amendment at the high court this term. In the arguments on Tuesday, justices on both sides of the uh, spectrum seem to agree with the Biden administration that there was a history and tradition of keeping firearms from dangerous people despite the lack of any specific ban that may have been in place when the Constitution was enacted. The court's ruling in the case could have major implications for several gun right measures working their way through the legal system and state legislatures right now. It could also affect current cases that deal with whether current or former drug users can similarly be denied gun ownership like that of Hunter Biden. President Sun plans to challenge a pending federal indictment after allegedly lying on a federal registration form in 2018 about his drug addiction when buying a firearm. So your thoughts this morning. Here is somebody that, like they said, is not sympathetic Mm. at all in the fact that he had repeatedly threatened his girlfriend, had repeatedly received court orders to stay away from her, and repeatedly had court orders that he wasn't allowed to have a um, gun. If there's anybody who seems to have proven to others that he should not have one, it's probably this guy. Your thoughts is, what do you think, beyond what the Supreme Court decision, which, by the way, won't come down until sometime next year, I guess you could weigh in, what do you think the Supreme Court will decide? Uh, but your your thoughts, should this, is it constitutionally correct for this particular person and other people like him to be able to have a gun because his right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, even though he has been deemed dangerous, a threat. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break for news. When we come back, if you want to weigh in, here's your chance to do it. We've got phone lines open. Stay right where you're at. If you are on the line, uh, we'll get to you. If you want to email us, you can do that too. Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com, or text us. Same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Supreme Court is going to hear a case about whether uh, a 30-year-old law that bans people who are under domestic abuse uh, protective orders, uh, restraining orders, uh, can have a gun. And, and they're going to hear next spring a case about whether the government can, in fact, ban those bump stocks. Both those cases could just have huge implications. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. The uh, case of the uh, protective order was heard earlier this week, won't be until next year that the official ruling will be uh, released. But as you also heard there, this is just the first of a few different uh, gun court cases by the Supreme Court to be heard. The other one having to do with bump stocks will probably be happening the beginning of uh, next year. Just want to get your thoughts on this specific Supreme Court uh, hearing on this case and, and your thoughts on this. Especially want to hear if you are if you are one of those vehement backers of the Supreme 
or of the uh, gun right, the Second Amendment. Does this person, who this case has been about, deserve to have guns? Now, granted, right now he can't have guns because of everything he has done. He is now in prison, which I believe you're not allowed to have guns in prison, right? <laughs> I, I've never been in prison, so I really couldn't say. What, once he gets out, though. Should this be uh, the type of person that you want to be able to have guns, uh, especially in this instance? When he gets out, if, if he's paid his debt to society, that could be a different thing. But at the current point of this, where the Supreme Court is hearing this case, he hadn't paid his debt to society. And as mentioned in the a uh, little bit earlier, in case you missed that, he is not the poster boy for somebody you want to have no. um, behind you when you go to a Supreme Court case. He, he's a horrible human being just based on the uh, things that he has been found guilty of doing. Brad and Eagle listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning. Your thoughts? Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I am a firm supporter of the Second Amendment, but with that said, I'd like to know what well-regulated militia the person belongs to. It's My number one complaint is our founding fathers gave us instructions. I mean, if you're a member of, the, of a militia, you can possess firearms. Back during the day, there was a city armory basically if if the militia was called they'd go to the the armory arm themselves and go fight whether it was indians the british the french it, it's it's in our history yeah. and it just bothers me to no ends that everybody decided that for some reason that particular sentence doesn't apply at the time the Constitution was written, also, we didn't have a U.S. Army. And part of the reason we didn't have one, a standing army, was that people were still afraid that if we had a standing army, the army at some point would just take over the government. Because in so many other countries, mm-hmm. that's exactly what they did. And, and, and I won't argue that point. It, it, it is a valid point. But the, the belief given the right to bear arms, to protect ourselves from our government, yeah. poppycock. What what would be in your opinion? And I know this is just opinion. What what would be your definition of a, a well regulated militia? Could the KKK say, uh, "Hey, we're going to regulate. Uh, we're going to become a militia." I state anything that uh, had national guard training involved. If so, you you, you think the only way went, you could be a militia is if you have been trained in the national guard. Correct, or in the army, or the, the any other branch of the military. But there should still be, and just in my personal opinion, there should be a commanding officer who is an actual officer in some branch of the military to decide whether or not the uh, order being given is constitutional. I mean, if 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 I if I were in in active duty and my commanding officers told me to fire on my fellow citizens, I'd turn my weapon on them because they're issuing an unlawful order and they need to be arrested. All right. Thank you for the call. The uh, vision I think that they had, you know, the founding fathers, is that uh, if if you owned a gun, you were in the militia, essentially. In, in other words, a militia was something that we had to have it re- well regulated and we should practice and all that sort of thing. But if you lived in the town, 
and you, you know, had a home or whatever, you also had a gun, you were in the militia. Therefore, if there was an attack, uh, yeah, you meet at the armory and everybody goes because you just, it was just understood that you had to defend uh, mm-hmm. your town, your country, your state, whatever. Because, uh, again, we didn't have a standing army at that time. We had one about two years later because they, they passed the, uh, uh, the law, or Congress passed the law creating the U.S. Army. I do, I do find it interesting, his uh, opinion, you know, on the having to have either Army, National Guard training. Um, and, and I think you run into problems with this because, once again, um, the reason that we have this, you know, the gun laws that we do isn't for self-defense. That's not what the gun laws are about or for hunting. You have the right to go hunting if you want and kill your um it's basically was made to defend yourself against a tyrannical government. Mm-hmm. So if you put the military in charge of that and the military becomes tyrannical, as we have, I know a lot of people go, oh, that will never happen in the United States. No. It's like, you don't know that because but, it, but it yeah, has like happened just, before. Like I said, that's exactly what the founding fathers uh, were kind of wary of at that time. They could have created a standing army long before they did, but they didn't because they didn't want the... Uh, at that time, very small military industrial complex. They have, you know, all the power. Jerry uh, in Caldwell. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, guys. This is kind of a uh, an off kilter matter here because, my opinion, uh, the Constitution says that the right to own guns shouldn't be infringed against, but. If we do stop him from having a gun, that is a form of infringement. I am for stopping him from having one, but that also, to me, might open a back door for the government to get through and cause more infringement on that right. Possibly. So you're you're worried not necessarily about this particular instance, but if this is a crack in the door that could be then slammed wide open? Yes. Okay. What would be the, and, uh, what would be the next step though after if okay let's say that you ban people who have improperly used a gun to commit a crime or to hurt other people uh, or you know with threats and stuff like that if you ban those people from having one what would be the next step as far as opening the door though I mean after that I wouldn't know but you know you know how this government that uh, in right now has tried all kinds of things. They would find a way. That's the only thing that I'm worried about. If if a gun was used improperly or even used to threaten someone uh, without them being threatened themselves, then uh, I don't think they should have a gun. Yeah. But then again, like I said, I I just I'm afraid this government will use that to try to push something to form a stronger gun control than what we already have. Thank you for the thoughts. Uh, appreciate the call, Jerry. 208-336-3700. Jim in Middleton. Listening on uh, yeah, 670 hey, AM. For, Good morning to you. Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Hey, just a couple of things. You know, you got a lot of people calling in trying to interpret what the Second Amendment and so forth. First of all, all anyone has to do, and we don't have enough time to go over it, just look at all of the framers that framed the Constitution what they said about the Second Amendment, it was all about protecting yourselves and from a, a, from a, a 
uh, foreign enemy, domestic and, and uh, abroad. Okay, so there's no disputing that. And secondly, I hear a lot of people talking about, well, the, the framers didn't think we're going to have guns like we have today and, and so forth. When the Constitution was written, the, stand, the, the citizens had superior arms than the military. I'll explain very quickly. They had Kentucky long rifles that were capable of accurate killing up to 300 yards. All the standing armies, including the British, had smoothbore muskets that were effective to about 75 yards. And then moving on to the Civil War, the the uh, uh, soldiers could buy Henry repeating rifles, okay? Citizens can buy Henry repeating rifles, but the, the military didn't have those. They still had smoothbore muskets. So just a couple of things. These are facts, undisputable facts. I just wanted to share that because so many people try to reinterpret what the Second Amendment is, and then they call it a collective right. There's nothing in the Bill of Rights or the Constitution that's collective. It's all individual. Anyway, thank you guys for taking the time. Yeah, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Sam at Caldwell, listening on 670 AM. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning. So a couple of things. I agree with what that gentleman just said there. It, it's not a uh, – that the militia was – Everybody that owned a gun, the reason that you had the right to keep and bear arms was so if you got, if something happened, they just called everybody up and said, get your butt down here with your gun. And if you didn't have one, there was an armory, so you could get one. Um, it had nothing to do with National Guard training and all of that. Um, they did have officers because it did need to be organized if you were going to make some kind of a resistance against some kind of an incursion. So it, it is an individual right, and the purpose was to defend the country or your community against yeah. your own government if it was necessary. And, and this, this business of reinterpreting that to, you know, only the military and the police can have weapons is, is silly. Um, when it comes to this, I have a daughter. I, I guess you're developmentally disabled now. You can't say that anymore. But she's uh, 33 years old, and she has technically the right to keep and bear arms. That's absurd. <laughs> so is her right infringed? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to let her have access to a gun. Yeah. Um, technically, she has that right, but right. she can't exercise that right. I mean, she can't drive a car. Either. Um, there are several things she just cannot be allowed to do. I can't let her use the stove. Um, so... In the particular case that you're talking about, see, my, my daughter is a particular case. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in the particular case, yeah, I, 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 of course, of course. He, he has shown um, that he's not responsible enough to own a weapon or have a weapon or have access to a weapon. Um, the problem is one of your previous callers, and you're like, well, how would they, how would they expand that to and obviously the government has tried and tried and tried. I mean, there's a certain segment of society that just wants to get rid of guns. Well, if you'll think about, like, with your universal health care and stuff like that, they've already attempted to say that gun violence is some sort of a, a health crisis. Uh, well, what isn't a health crisis? You know, I mean, they can define anything as a health crisis. What you watch on TV has an effect on the way you think. So that's a health crisis. You know, it's a mental health crisis. 
uh, what I listen to on the radio. If I listen to Dan Bongino, easy, easy. You're getting into dangerous territory here when you listen on the radio. Don't get into the Casper and Chris territory there. Uh, well, the Casper and Chris show is is benign. <laughs> wait wait um, a minute. Now I have to look that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, but you see, they can def- when when you get once you it's, it's the camel's nose under the tent thing. Yeah. And I, I, I get like in this particular case. Yeah, I agree with it, just like I would with my daughter. But once the camel's got his nose in the tent, then they start saying, well, how can we expand this? Well, yeah. you know, owning a weapon and thinking that you have the right to use it, that's kind of a mental health issue. You know, you're crazy. You can't have a gun. Nobody can have a gun that thinks like that. And that's one way they can expand it. Sam, thank um, you for the you call. Know, appreciate it. Up, up on, uh, need to take a break here. Uh, but appreciate your thoughts. Thank you for listening. Um, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We have one more segment to uh, get through if you want to get through. Uh, we did clear the line, so they are open once again. we got some emails to get through. Um, what are your thoughts? What's your opinion? Go ahead and share right now at 208-336-3700. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. 951-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, uh, taking your phone calls and emails on the uh, current SCOTUS case. I'm not calling them bad names. Supreme Court of the United States. Um, case they heard earlier this week, make a decision. The official decision will uh, be out sometime next year on uh, gun rights. A couple of emails for you to get to. Once again, uh, no name on this one. It says, once again, it's time for a stupid question. There are no stupid questions. Oh, don't challenge people like that. <laughs> stupid people, but not stupid questions. Uh, what law restricting guns from individuals would have stopped this man from having a gun? A man who threatened a girlfriend five times in one week. Uh, he could have, uh, we could have had a law stating no one in the U.S. could legally, legally have a gun, and this man still would have had one. When are we going to learn that laws don't stop dishonest people? We need not to limit gun ownership whatsoever. For honest people, they are the ones responsible for stopping the evil ones. Another email. I didn't hear a solution in there. Just a lot of complaining. Um, I think his solution was you don't take guns away from anybody. Reading between the lines, kind of. Mike writes in, uh, I just say that every win for them is a loss for we the people. I know that sounds bad, but couldn't be more true. There is now and has been gun control for years. I myself myself used to be an avid responsible shooter, and I no longer shoot because of the gun control that has been going on by the price of ammo. That That is gun control, in my opinion. Except the government doesn't set the price of ammo. Corey writes in, the question comes down to felony crimes and misdemeanor crimes. It sounds like the point is rather mute due to the crime uh, being a felony domestic battery. Felons are not allowed to own firearms unless they have had their rights restored to them by a judge. Do misdemeanor crimes warrant the loss of you losing your firearm forever? I am not sold on that. Here's the thing, though, Corey. He did not get found guilty while this was going on of... The felony crime. He is now in prison, so now he wouldn't be able to have it, but that's not what this case is about. They took his gun away when he had just been charged. He had not been found guilty in a court of law of that felony. 
So that's what this mm. case is about. It's not about what happened to him now, which you're right. He is in prison now for committing the felonies that he did and would not be allowed to have a gun unless the judge restored his rights after he is out of prison and he has um, done everything that he is supposed to do as far as his punishment is concerned. Did he really write mute? That's what he said. Uh, I think he meant moot. I know. That's what he meant. Um, but I get yelled at when I correct people's emails. Uh, Lee in Napa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Morning, gentlemen. Mute, you know, potato, potato, who cares? Uh, basically, that, you know, anytime you do a crime, especially, I don't know if it's a misdemeanor, what the minimum is, but I know if you do a felony, you pretty much lose a lot of your rights, and that includes access or owning firearms. And, you know, some of these criminals that have done mass shootings or even done, you know, crazy things within domestic disputes and so forth on it, a lot of them that, if I recall on some of the stories, they've had a history of violence or a history of, you know, crimes to where they shouldn't even have a firearm at all. So how they get them, I mean, it's, you're gonna if you're a criminal, you're gonna get it no matter what. Yeah, it doesn't. That, there's no that, gun law that you can put down that says that. But you know, it's it's. I I have a I have multiple guns. Yeah. And we're up on time, uh, Lee. Thank you for the thoughts. Appreciate it. We'll talk more about this uh, tomorrow. As we leave, I have one more pair of basketball tickets I need to get to. 208-336-3700. Caller number nine. Basketball tickets for Sunday.